The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about hot topics and research articles. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 71 and end of the year health tips. Research suggests that Viagra may significantly cut Alzheimer's risk. We give you five ways to supercharge your body's ability to burn fat. Hospital leaders are sounding the alarm. Healthcare workers are exhausted. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. How are you, dear? Vicki Doe, how are you? <laughs> I am fine, and it is so great. Now, it's, it is kind of gloomy outside, but... You know, but this weather is weird. I mean, like, it's 56, and then tomorrow... You know, this is tornado weather, which we'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. highs and lows, this is freaky. It is kind of freaky, isn't it? Because what is it today? Freaky. It's 56? 56. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is 56, and then it's going to go down by Saturday to 41. Now, you know, that's crazy. That is crazy. Oh. I don't like that. I mean, I, I love being in the warm weather, but in Florida, not here, <laughs> in December, see, we'd be looking up, and I'll be seeing tulips growing out of your yard down the street. <laughs> the robins will be coming back at the end of December. <laughs> I know. I don't know. It's confusing, isn't it? They don't know. And I don't know either. Uh, I just keep all kinds of different jackets in my car. That's how I do. Me too. I do the, I do the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. I do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we, we are here, right? Yes, we are here. Yes, yes, we are yes. Here. All right. And today we talk about research articles, hot topics, and end of the year health tips. And so our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 71. And yes, we are celebrating the holiday season and we'll be entering into the new year 2022. However, we all know that the holidays can bring along with it stress and anxiety, uh, especially this year since we are still living, folks. We are still living in the pandemic. But, you know, folks, guess what? Making efforts We are. We're doing that. We're making efforts in spite of it to try and move forward and do the best that we can. And so, Dr. D and I, we are with you. We're doing what we can do, and we're going to let it do what it do. Right, D? That's it. That's it. Do what it do. That's it. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so, it is in everyone's best interest, however, to be as stress-free as we can because research shows that Feelings of joy 
happiness and positive energy will help us to live longer. So that's why we need to try to make sure that we are in a much as we can stress free environment. And so we can. That's more and all the more reasons to find simple, smart ways to relieve some of our stress during this holiday season. And one of the ways that I love And it's a holiday stress reliever. And that is just taking five to 15 minute, you know, timeout sessions, you know, meditation. And yes, meditation and mindfulness have been proven to be great, outstanding stress relievers. And I know it might be challenging to carve out, you know, five to 15 minutes during the holidays for deep breathing, relaxation and visualization. However, you can start small and press pause on seasonal stress moments with this simple one minute meditation technique. And so I want all of you that are listening to stop where you are, sit or stand and close your eyes, breathe in and say to yourself, I am. Then breathe out and say at peace. Now, how does that that feel for you? Are you feeling better already? Okay, I want you to repeat this four more times. All right. Now, there's more from where that came from. In today's episode, we will talk about the growing interest in breathing practices. We will also discuss the article about the crisis of burnout healthcare workers. And we will discuss the article about the pill Viagra and how it may significantly cut Alzheimer's risk. And there's much more. And so I want you to stay tuned in with us today. Now, don't forget to check out our resources page, vickidofitness.com forward slash resources. And there you will find products and services that will be helpful to you as you embrace a life of health and fitness. We have a variety of items on our resource list for you to check out and try. We have Reebok, um, Walby Parker, Polar, Our Remedy Healthcare, The Right Stuff, that's medical supplies for um, those of you that are caregivers. We have Art of Tea. You know I love tea. We have that on our resources list. My Lab Box, um, ecolunchbox.com. We also have yogadownload.com and much more for you to check out. And they have plenty of holiday sales for now and the new year. So make sure you check out our page and check out these resources on our page. Now let's talk about ecolunchbox.com. Ecolunchbox specializes in stainless steel bento boxes. Those are small little boxes. They have um, lunch bags with artistry on them, napkins, snacks, sacks, you know, all of these are eco-friendly lunchware because they're trying to get us from, you know, being in all that plastic wear that we do. And Eco Lunchbox, they are a certified green business. And guess what? Even though we're sending our kids now, they're going into the holiday. We were sending our kids to school, but now they are doing their holidays. They're going to be at home. You know, some of you, I know I used to do that with my kids when they were smaller during the holiday season to keep them 
on a routine so it wouldn't be such a, a big uh, issue when they go back to school, you know, at the new year. I would still, you know, have little activities for them to do and pack their little lunch so they can be, you know, self-sufficient and go in the refrigerator themselves. And so you can still do that with these um, environment-friendly lunch boxes and silverware. These are beautiful, colorful, and like I said, let's say goodbye to the plastic. And they have containers Eco Lunchbox not only have the lunchboxes, but they have containers. They have the Eco Lunch Pod. They have wonderful, unique containers. And like I said, this is holiday season. They have a lot of sales and stuff going on. So I want you to check out ecolunchbox.com on our resources page, vikidofitness.com forward slash resources. And remember, when you use any of the affiliate links to buy any of the products and services on our resources page you're supporting us here at vicky doe fitness and as always what do we say d thank you thank you thank you for your support thank you thank you thank you for your support well d you know like we were talking about yes it is the end of the year 2021 and we are racing toward, doesn't it seem like the year just passed so quick? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's just unreal how this year has just ripped through. Yes, it's ripped through. And we're racing toward our new year, 2022. But but I want everybody to know. Ding, 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 ding. Put this in your, 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 your book or calendar or something. But I am officially moving out of my sabbatical from putting up Christmas and holiday decorations. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yippee Kyle! <laughs> Ding 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 ding! <laughs> Yay! Alrighty then. That's Good. it. So I've I've decided to make my house festive and cheery and all that good, good stuff. So I'm putting up good. my stuff. I've already started. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. <laughs> good, good, good. So good. yeah, I got out of the bar humbug mode this year too, mm-hmm. and put some stuff up. Yeah, I actually have three trees up. I've never had that many trees up. Oh, that's good. So, that's yeah, good. I've got one outside and two in the house, just to make it festive. You know, just to to kind of lift your spirit. To lift the spirits. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to. Man, it's just been stressful. I think since uh, last year, this year, and so I'm just oh, trying yeah. to be in a better mood. What about you? I am too. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to take one day at a at a time. You know, nobody has. You know, you you and uh, me and Doctor Doe, we commiserate in the hallway. And I was just doing a I was doing a radio show early this morning, and I was telling the uh, young lady about the stress that Doctor. We'll talk about that later. The stress, and mm-hmm. you know, the sad thing about it is that we have nobody to talk to but ourselves because mm-hmm. you don't want to bring that stuff home. And you know, like you say, there's a lot of mental health. There already was for the holidays. Right. I mean, even before COVID, the holidays were always brought with 
a lot of mental health issues. And then what we're seeing now, too, is that you got a lot of loved ones that are dying now around the holidays. So, you know, it's just going to be doubly sad. So that's why I said, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm going to put some trees up. That's it. Put the oh, trees yeah. up. That's yes. Idea. Yes. Put some trees up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right then. How was your week? Just putting up trees. Good. So last week I put up trees, but then last week we kind of had a concert weekend. We Friday night we went to Cleveland to see this group that I love called Apollo's Fire. It's a baroque by a baroque string group, and they did the Messiah. They did the whole Messiah at the Cleveland Museum of Art. That was great and then we went to see saturday night it's called the male chorus and it's a chorus of men most of them are gay and it's a christmas show and it is phenomenal i mean they i guess they practice all year for this show so it's a lot it's some skits and songs and music and just a lot of really 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 good talent and then we, we kind of explored some new restaurants in Cleveland. We went to, you know, back in the day, you know, people of color did not go to it, Little Italy in Cleveland. I know. And so I've always kind of been like, eh, you know. Uh. I know. Well, I took a leap of faith. Okay. And I went to this restaurant called Guarino's, which is the oldest restaurant in, um, it, in Little Italy. And it was fabulous. It was great. I mean, I didn't. You know, over the years when I was in medical school, every now and then we would venture to a restaurant that was out on the borders, but never really into Little Italy. And, you know, we've never felt comfortable there. I know. We had a fabulous meal. It was great. And then the other place that we went to for uh, for food was in University Circle. It's called Labatross, right there on Bellflower near the university. And had a lovely, you know, lovely meal, lovely atmosphere, and just you know, again, people were out being festive. I would have to say people are not wearing any masks anymore. So mm. you got to really protect yourself. Mm. Uh, no, now, now at the Cleveland Museum of Art, mm-hmm. it was standing in line. It was your driver's license and your mask and your vaccination status. Okay. So, yeah, you had to have that. Oh, and no, I'm wrong, too. And at the men's course. You know what? Pretty much everything. Last night I went to Cleveland again. I might as well just get an apartment, right? I know, right? Last night I went to a concert at the Cleveland, the uh, concert hall, Severance. Yes. And one of my classmates from college, Dr. Ron Crutcher, played the cello with the Cleveland, with some students from all the, many of the high schools in Cleveland. It was all violins, all, well, all strings. And they did four compositions, two by Beethoven and two by some very uh, well-known African-American artists. So Ron is African-American and one of the foremost cellists in the country, but he also finished being, uh, my, my sons knew him, he was provost at Miami of Ohio back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And then he became president of Wheaton College in Massachusetts. And then, if that wasn't enough, when most people retire, Ron Crusher went on to become president of the University of Richmond and brought it into one of the top, say, 20 schools in the country in terms of the size and endowment and what they're doing. So we just, and then still playing the cello. So we were just like, bravo. So me and Dr. Lolly and her husband and Sharon Milligan, Dr. Sharon Milligan, who's the assistant dean for SAS um, in Cleveland, we all went and... He got us box six 
tickets, and it was just great. The, the severance was dre- you know, decorated and all, Christmas lights and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, I have my Christmas lights out. Have you seen my Christmas lights yes, out? Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have my Christmas lights out, yeah. So that's what we did for the weekend and, you know, just uh, trying to make merry. But I was happy to see in Cleveland mask mandates. Yes. If you don't have your mask, now they'll give you some, but if you don't have your mask, Last night, mm-hmm. I kind of got a little testy. I felt like one of those airplane people because I was like, oops. So I walked in, mm-hmm. I had my mask on, I had my mm-hmm. vaccination card, but the guy at the door took my driver's license and he couldn't find my birth date. And I'm like, well, why do you need my birth date? Well, it's got to match up with your vaccination card. And so I just kind of said, I said, well, you know what, if you're standing at the door, and you're checking everybody's driver's license from Ohio. You probably should learn where the where the birth date is. But thank you. So Lolly was like, Lolly was like, come on, Miss Feely, come on, Miss Feely. <laughs> <laughs> like the color purple. Yes. Come on, Miss Feely. I was like, wait a minute. If you're gonna be checking all these hundreds and hundreds of driver's license, and you don't know where the dri- where the date of birth date is. And maybe they, I said, maybe they need to get somebody else here at the door. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, Lolly goes, okay, let's not start a riot. <laughs> but you know what I mean, Vicky. You, it's, it's, we, we, you know, you, you stand in line, and they should have everything down to a fine science. Right. So that means they aren't. Check the cards. That means so, they started they doing it. it. It's not Correct. consistent yet. Correct. They just started. Correct. Right. Correct. Because <laughs> it should be a science by now. It should be down to a science. You know, your birthday is on the bottom of your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Keep, Keep it, it moving. moving. Keep it moving. That's Keep it. it. Moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, then. Yeah, Lolly was like, Keep, come on, Miss Seeley. Let's, let's go, Miss Seeley. <laughs> <laughs> let's get out of here, Miss Seeley. Come on, Sophia. Come on. Let's get out of here, Sophia. That's so funny. That funny. is so funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What is going on this week? Vicky, everything, everything. And, you know, this next article, I don't know who she is. I just saw this. Tell me about who she is. Well, she is very well known for um, all of the books and all of those writing things and so forth and, and being an activist for feminism. So she was a feminist, right? Yeah, she would be a feminist. Her topics were on feminism and race especially mm-hmm. black folk right and her name was bell hooks but i think her her real name was what gloria jean Watkins. okay mm-hmm. and so she died she was a acclaimed author and activist and she died um it was written up dies at 69 it was written mm-hmm. on uh nbc news and it says the acclaimed author and activist bell hooks died on wednesday she was 69 mm-hmm. Hooks, whose real name is Gloria Jean Watkins, was born on September the 25th, 1952 in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Her first published work were a book of poems titled And There We Wept. And it was released in 1978. And she went on to publish her first book, Ain't I a Woman? Black Women and Feminism. And and that was in 1981. Now, Berea College in Kentucky, where Hooks worked as a professor, said that she died 
following an undisclosed illness. That's when I went, hmm, I wonder if that was COVID. I know, right? But, yeah, they'll give us some more update of that. But right now they're saying undisclosed illness. The school wrote in a statement, Bell came into the life of many Bereans in 2004 to help the college get closer to its great commitments, particularly the fifth great commitment focus on the kinship of all people and interracial education. The sixth great commitment dedicated to gender equality and the eighth great commitment centered on service to Appalachia. Uh, And this is what the school wrote in a statement. Also in 2017, Bell dedicated her papers to Berea College ensuring that future generations of Bereans will know her work and the impact she had on the intersections of race, gender, place, class, and sexuality. Hooks wrote under the pen name Bell Hooks after her great-grandma, Bell Blair Hooks. Her work includes some 40 books, many of which focus on topics of Um, feminism and race. She was the winner of several awards, including the Writer's Award from the Lila Wallace Reader's Digest Fund and was named one of our nation's leading public intellectuals by the Atlantic Monthly, according to the Poetry Foundation. She was also inducted into the Kentucky Writer's Hall of Fame. And this is what Um, Bria College said and so yes this is a developing story and so yeah I thought it would be uh, nice to put that out because you know people be in their their what what their space and what they're done but we never really hear about some of these things right Mm -mm. no yeah I didn't know I didn't know anything about her I was embarrassed I said wow a feminist writer and I didn't didn't really know who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, out of Kentucky. Yes, yes. Wow. Yep. So that's that. But then the next latest is what we've been hearing and looking at. It's the devastating oh, tornado in Mayfield, oh, Kentucky, yeah. and other places too. But Mayfield, man, that whole city is just wiped out, isn't it? Flattened. Flattened. I mean. You look at it, and it's just like some big, giant Tyrannosaurus Rex came through and just stomped on everything when they show the before and after pictures. You don't know how anybody got out of there alive, and the stories are just so devastating and poignant about some people made it and some didn't. Uh, President Biden said after surveying the storm damage that he had not seen that level of damage from a tornado before. Mayfield was the president's first stop in Kentucky after arriving at Fort Campbell this morning. And he said as he received a briefing at Mayfield Graves County Airport that his team was impressed by the way you all come together, the way people just come out of nowhere to help as a community. That's the way America is supposed to be, Biden said. There's no red tornadoes or blue tornadoes. There's no red states or blue states when this stuff happens. I'm here to listen. I tell you, this is one of those things where I think the vast majority of Americans know what you've been through just looking on the television. It's been incredible. 
Biden said in Mayfield, Biden is a company undertook by his emergency response team, which includes FEMA, Administrator Deanne Criswell, and Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and Kentucky Representative James Comer, a Republican from Tompkinsville, and the only lawmaker to fly with Biden on Air Force One. White House Deputy Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, I like her. Me too. Haiti. I like her. Um, told reporters on Air Force One that Biden wants to make sure the people of Kentucky are receiving all the resources they need and to hear from elected officials on the ground during his visit. The president's message today is that he and the federal government intend to do whatever it takes for as long as it takes by providing any support that is needed to aid recovery efforts and to support the people of Kentucky, says Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre said the FEMA has provided 61 generators to Kentucky to help supply power where it's out. FEMA has provided 144,000 liters of water, 74,000 meals, 18,500 blankets, 5,000 cots, 1,500 tarps. A wireless emergency communication center has also been activated at the Mayfield Candle Factory site that was wiped out. Oh, I know. I mean, those people were there. Those people were there working extra late that night to work candles, to do candles. And I forget how many of them died. It was just flattened. Flattened. And Jean-Pierre said that um, Biden said in Mayfield that other federal help may be available for children, businesses in Kentucky and who have lost family members that they may not even be aware of and don't hesitate to ask for anything. This is a developing story and will be updated. And you just saw mm-hmm. people that first day. I remember this African-American man. It was so sad. He was crying like a baby. He had called his wife on the phone. Mm-hmm. He worked in the factory. Mm-hmm. And he was just crying like a baby. She didn't answer the phone. She didn't answer the phone. People were, you know, and they found um, they found cell phones mm-hmm. around where people had relatives had been trying to call them. And... It was just, I don't know how, whether they have described it as an F4, F5, but mm. I mean, there's supposedly not been devastation like this since 1925. And the thing that bothers me is mm-hmm. we got all the technology in the world. We can put a man on the moon. Mm-hmm. We, we have, we, we've got computers now that have gone from when I was at Miami to two rooms down to a little little thumbnail thing. And we can't be more prepared for a tornado than what we saw the other day. I know. I'm just having some. I'm having some some issues with that. I don't know. Now, apparently, they they did have some warnings, mm-hmm. but according to some of the reports that I have heard and read, as my kids say, as what DNN heard <laughs> was. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> my kids call me. The NN, <laughs> uh, that a lot of those homes in that area didn't have basements. Ah. Because they're built on some kind of something or other. Oh, okay. Which makes you think that how they how they build property on something that you couldn't build a basement for. Mm. So a lot of those places did not have, you know, storm shelters and so forth. So people literally had to go to the things that they tell you about, bathtubs and, and this, that, and the other. But these this tornado picked up houses. And I guess there was another story of a family mm-hmm. 
of Amish family, I believe, where the entire family was killed. It picked the house up, mom, dad, two little kids, and they all died. Wow. It like 200 feet or something like that. So, I mean, this is just kind of, anybody that doesn't believe in global warming, of course, you know, there's certainly the wrath of God because we ain't been that nice lately. Right. But, but if you talk about global warming, just what I was talking to you today, I remember mm -hmm. before that storm there were days of very high temperatures and then it dropped low. Yes, it did. So I'm not a meteorologist, but I, I, I have now made friends with Chris Serenelli. You know, Chris yes. from WSNJ. Yes. I like him. Yes. And we, we will message back and forth because I'm using him as my barometer, like what's going on, you know, what's the trajectory of this storm and so forth. So mm -hmm. this scary. I mean, I don't know. Everybody needs to have a tornado plan yes. today. Yes. Because you don't know where it's going to strike. I remember I was sitting here, Vicki, mm -hmm. was it two months ago? When yes. We got a tornado warning here? Yes. You know, of course, what did I do? Done me. I went outside to look and see. I mean, that's what I'm Vicki, <laughs> 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 what did I do when that screeching thing came on about tornado warning? <laughs> I went outside because I had to see what was going on. I'm Marvin Gaye. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not so, what you're supposed to do. That's probably. I don't think so. I don't think so. So what I do need to do is to talk to a construction friend, person of mine, to see. Mm -hmm. You have a basement, right? Big time, and it, it got it got. It's one of those older homes, so it got steel and. Everything else under there, yeah. So we pretty. So I need to know from my construction person what is the best place to go in the house. But also, mm -hmm. as I was talking to some friends, even though you might have a great basement, mm -hmm. you need to make sure that you have all of your communication things with you because what if the rubble is all over your house? You're safe in the basement. You can't get out. So that's why, you know, I, I was I was born. My dad was born, you know, way before the Depression. So in my basement, we've got water and this and that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. just, just for that. Because that, that was how I was raised, you know, yes. uh, um, stuff that's not perishable, canned goods and all that. So water in mm -hmm. particular, you can live without food, but you cannot live without water. That's exactly it. And now that I've re um, been listening to the news and stuff, I'm going to have it where I pin my my um, license, my, you know, like mm -hmm. a little small purse. I pin uh -huh. it on me. I pin it on me because uh -huh. Uh -huh. when stuff blow away, all your identification, your credit everything. cards, everything blows everything. away too. Everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Everything blows away. All your credit cards, mm -hmm. all your your everything, your life insurance policies. Mm -hmm. And this guy was talking yesterday on the news again. He was going, he went back with his mom in this house. It was was a house, just picking up a few things. I mean, just think to yourself, Vicki, mm -hmm. what would you save if you had a few minutes to save? I would take my purse because it got the whole kitchen and I know, closet. That's right. <laughs> right. I would get my cell phone. I would try to grab some pictures. Mm -hmm. And I get my purse with all my papers because I have one place in my house where I do have my important papers. That's it. I would grab that. Mm -hmm. I would grab that. My purse with all my, you know, credit cards and stuff like that in it, and some pictures. And then I'm out. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh huh. That's right. how I roll. But yeah, yeah so yeah. definitely, 
definitely keep up. We got to yeah. keep up on what's going yeah, on. We but definitely do. Mm-hmm. But well, I'm glad you like uh, Jean Pierre. I like her. Oh, I like her too. She's really good. She's cool. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. All right. Yeah. So what we do is we always have a little health tip, and so this is mm-hmm. our wellness trend report notes: a growing interest in breathing exercise, and this is written in Idea Fitness Journal, and. It says, yoga professionals are familiar with breathing exercises known as pranayama, but breathing programs and breathwork practices in general are now entering the mainstream. The Global Wellness Summit has named breathwork one of the top seven trends to influence wellness in 2021 and beyond. A recent New York Times bestseller um, selling book, Breathe. The New Science of a Lost Ark by James Nestor um, supports the current popular interest in understanding the power of breathing to affect well-being. Breathwork programming exists at leading global resorts like the Six Senses and the Chabelle Hotels. Maybe they got the little, maybe it's French. What do you say? Chabelle? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jasmine Marie created Black Girls Breathing. Okay, and it is a program that offers meditational breath work at a safe space for black women and to actively nurture their mental, emotional and spiritual health, deepening our inhales, lessening our stresses. All right. The impact of COVID-19 on breathing issues and the lungs have drawn more attention to breath works, therapeutic and wellness um, benefits. Apps and wearables support the growing trend. And so to learn more about this, go to globalwellnesssummit.com forward slash press and you should be able to get it there. But that's where you will find the in-depth report, um, the 2020 uh, one report. But I thought that was interesting on that we're trying to Learn how to breathe. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Learning how Very to breathe. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, Dee, tell us the latest. Well, there are a few latest things. Uh, you know, we're starting to learn more about the Omicron variant that started out in South Africa, although they say it started out there. It was just found there first, and I think what we're really – understanding now is that it has already been in other countries, but they just were not looking for it because people have been slow and sleep at the switch in terms of genomic sequencing. However, um, as it seems like as it is emerging, it's way more transmissible than the Delta variant, but much less, you know, causing hospitalizations and deaths. And so we don't really know the significant data in the United States yet, but it appears to be not that many patients are being hospitalized or even dying, but they they can get sick and they have they can get symptoms. I forget how many countries it's in now, maybe 40, and it's in, I don't know, over 20 states here in the United States. I think um, one of the main things that's coming out is that the CDC is, because it's the holidays, everybody, mm-hmm. and the CDC is putting out some guidelines in the next week. Uh, touting these COVID antigen home testing kits. And so people are like, well, why would I want to take a 
COVID test? Well, there are a couple of reasons. Number one, we have various people in vaccination status. We have some people that have had two vaccines and they haven't had their booster, even though they need to have it. And we know in those people that your antibodies are probably waning and you're susceptible. Number two, we have a lot of unvaccinated children. We have a lot of people who are immunosuppressed with kidney transplants and, you know, on cancer chemotherapy, where we know even under the best circumstances, they didn't have a great antibody response. And then we have the elderly who may not, still may not, I mean, the jury is still out on what kind of robust antibody response they have. So this test, you get your results within an hour, and you can at least have some assurance that you're not going to run to a party asymptomatic and be a super spreader because the kits are available for whatever your vaccination status is um, and whether you have symptoms or not. So I just think it's a great idea. I love the idea. My friend from the CDC called me up and told me that, you know, um, the CDC is going to come out and I'm not sure whether they're going to push one it over another. I just know just from canvassing my own self, Walmart, not Walmart, but Rite Aid and CVS, it looks like by next now is the COVID test that's flying off the shelf. Okay. So obviously I would sleep at the switch and uh-huh. didn't realize that people be using that actively. And now we're not here to promote any kind of kit, not Abbott's kit or anybody's kit, mm-hmm. but it was just my own walking in the drugstore and saying, well, what, what are people buying and stuff? I just think we need to wait and see. Um, okay. I'm hoping that uh, people will do social distancing still, wear your mask and wash your hands. That's it. That's it. Well, thank you, D. And at least we know. You are welcome. Yes, at least we know that there's always something new around the corner. <laughs> yeah, always, always something always new. And we just have to, you know, as I said today on a, a program that I was on, let's just hold our horses and wait on science. Follow That's the it. science. Follow the science. That's it. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. 
Well, today we talk about research articles, hot topics, and the end of the year. We're going to have an end of the year health tips. And so our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 71. And so our first article, which was written, and it was written a, a while back on Everyday Health website, but what's so important, and it was all, all these articles on Everyday Health are medically reviewed, but what the reason why I brought it back out and wanted for us to talk about it is because, you know, type 2 diabetes is still an epidemic, right, Dee? Yeah. Yes, it Absolutely. is. Yes, it is. And so the article says when and how much exercise can help type 2 diabetes. Good news. Two new studies found that exercising 30 minutes a day reduces your risk of, of diabetes by 25% and walking for 10 minutes after meals lowers your blood sugar by 22%. And so it goes on to say, you know, exercise is crucial for managing type 2 diabetes. But when and how much you move is important as well. In two studies published, and this was a while back in the journal, I think it's Diabetologial. I think that's the journal. Um, researchers concluded that both the timing and quantity of exercise can help reduce your risk of and the effects of type 2 diabetes. After reviewing dozens of studies on exercise and type 2 diabetes, researchers in the United Kingdom, um, the study was done there, found that 30 minutes of activity five days a week reduces your risk of developing the, the um, disease by almost 25%. The quantity of exercise is important because the positive effects on blood sugar drop 72 hours after you finish your activity. So instead of trying to get in your exercise once a week or on a weekend, for example, you should spread out your activities throughout the week. But you don't have to work out in 30-minute blocks, you know. We encourage that, and that's what I'm saying. But we always talk about that, yes, you can do three brisk 10-minute walks, space out through the day, and that will also do the trick. In fact, another smaller study found that walking just 10 minutes after eating can lower your blood glucose by 22%, which is great news for people looking to better control their blood sugar. So what is happening when you exercise? Your body uses the glucose in your blood to provide energy to your cells. And as a result, your levels can go down as you exercise. So you don't want it to go dangerously low, though. So you may need to pause and have a snack doing or immediately after your activity. This is something you will learn with experience. And this is something only if you are type 2 diabetic. So for the rest of us, let's not go exercise and then go get a snack. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's only, exactly. it's only talking about if your blood sugar goes um, dangerously low, you know, 
um, as a, a result of exercise. So I had to add that in, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So whether it's walking, riding a bike, exercising at home, going to a gym or taking part in a class, physical activity affects your blood glucose. So it's important, especially in the beginning, to test your level continuously you can do the continuous glucose monitoring they have little packets that you can do little um things that you can do you can get them probably in the um i'm adding this on you can get that in the drugstore where you can do your your blood sugar check and you know they have different what can i say different equipment different gadgets that you can use all right so you do that you check your blood glucose level before and after exercising it's also a good idea to have a snack handy in case your blood glucose falls too low for every 35 minutes of exercise you engage in plan to consume 15 grams of carbohydrates to avoid low a low blood glucose episode all right if you're new to exercise try these lower impact activities and these are some lower impact activities three of them number one start a couch to 5k program need a goal to get your exercise routine off the ground depending on your current fitness level sign up to walk or jog a 5k race with your family and friends all you need are some comfortable sneakers and workout wear and 30 minutes of walking or jogging time and in just 12 weeks, you'll be off the couch and walking or running a 5K. Remember to go at your own pace and make sure you don't push yourself too hard. You want to feel challenged after each session, not worn out. All right. And so they have different plans out there on the website. You can check specifically um, everydayhealth.com. And, and look at how to train for a 5K race in 12 minutes. All right. Number two, get your 30 minutes in the pool. Your community, a club pool, can be a great place to start your exercise routine. Swimming is excellent aerobic exercise because it gets both your upper and lower body moving. And if you're overweight, it can feel great to spend time in a pool where there's buoyancy because it makes it easier to move some ideas even with your swimming dive in do a dive in with a group try water aerobics swimming laps with friends or even a little water volleyball use a kickboard for extra lift in the water especially if you are a less than confident lap swimmer when whenever i used to do laps in the pool i love the the kickboard, I would put it in front of me and it, and just concentrating on, on my kicking, you know, real forcefully so that I can get exercise and, and burn more calories that way, too. <laughs> right. You know, but so I always encourage that for folks too. work on increasing your time spent swimming. Each time you visit the pool, swim a bit more resting as needed to steadily improve your aerobic fitness Swim three times a week. However you decide to fit swimming into your life, be sure to test your blood glucose levels before and after exercise and adjust the intensity of, of your routine if it is getting too high and never swim alone. And last but not least, here's the 
third way to, and these are examples of low impact exercise, climb back on your bike. Biking can provide many health benefits, but be sure that your equipment and your course are safe. Here are a few rules of the road. And this is biking on the road, okay? Inspect your bike to make sure it's in good condition before you set off. Check the brakes and the chain and be sure the tires are correctly inflated. Always wear a helmet. Be sure to stay hydrated. Drink plenty of water with you on your bike ride and remember to drink it. Wear a medical alert bracelet or necklace that will inform others of your health condition should there be an emergency. Whatever you decide to do, it's important to consult with your physician or doctor before you begin. Exercise is a great way to lose weight and maintain a healthy heart, but it also impacts your blood glucose levels because it increases your energy demands. So you need to monitor how your body will respond. You can keep track of your workouts by using um, the activity tracking tool. Now it has one for everyday health calorie tracker, but you can track that. Now you have your Fitbit. You got all kinds of, I use my Polar monitor. It tracks, you know, your workout mm -hmm. and your activity and your steps. All right. Mm -hmm. That's the end of that. And I always will admonish folks, even if you don't do your bike outside, you can always, there's always all kinds of biking programs for stationary bikes, you know, on those bikes that you can use. So there's no excuse. You can't say, oh, it's terrible no. outside, right? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. All right. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. Good, very good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very interesting. All right, so our next article, Viagra may significantly cut Alzheimer's risk study finds. This is up your alley as far yeah, as, as medicine. Now, you know, we all... Yeah, it, it is. Mm -hmm, we all hear you about know, Viagra, you know, right? You, you know, we, we do, and I have often laughed because it's a Pfizer product that, you know, when men heard about Viagra, they didn't run around trying to find double-blind, triple-blind, quadruple-blind <laughs> studies on how it worked or not. They just lined up and got it. So I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, I digress. Anyway, a Viagra known as Sildenafil is currently sold as Viagra to treat erectile dysfunction and as Revalio to improve the ability to exercise in adults with pulmonary arterial hypertension. An analysis of a large insurance record database of more than 7 million Americans has found that Viagra may reduce the risk of Alzheimer's dementia by almost 70%. In a study published in the Journal of Nature Aging this month, a team of researchers from the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio relied on um, computational methodology, methodology to identify drugs approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration that could be used as potential therapies for Alzheimer's. Scientists look for medication, excuse me, that target amyloid plaques and tall tangles, and those are associated with dementia. And they're also associated, I was just listening to that this morning, talking about the tall tangles, uh -huh. with that CTE that we've talked about with athletes. Okay, yeah, okay, you know, wow. That, yeah, the tall tangles have been associated that, which are believed to be responsible for the brain damage associated with Alzheimer's. Mm. Because the interplay between these two molecules is a great contributor to Alzheimer's than either amyloid or tall by itself. 
Investigators further narrowed their focus to pinpoint therapies that attack both. Sildenafil, which has been shown to significantly improve cognition, cognition and memory in preclinical models, presented as the best drug candidate, said the study team leader, Sexon Chang, THC of Cleveland Clinic's Genomic Medicine Institute. Per Medline Plus, the drug is a common prescription medication currently sold as Viagra to treat erectile dysfunction and as Revadiol to improve the ability to exercise in adults with pulmonary artery arterial hypertension, high blood pressure in the vessels carrying blood to the lungs, causing shortness of breath and dizziness and, and, and tiredness. A systemic review published in April 2020 in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease reports looked at research evaluating um, sildenafil in relation to Alzheimer's and found the medication to be linked with increased neurogenesis, growth and development of nerve tissue, and decreased inflammation. Mm. A systemic review published in 2020, the, this type of benefit makes sense, according to Lynn Horovitz, an internist and pulmonary specialist at Limit Hill Hospital in New York, because sildenafil improves blood mm -hmm. flow. That's how mm -hmm. it works. Mm -hmm. Most neurologists will tell you that one of the most important things in Alzheimer's is exercise, because exercise increases blood flow. Dr. Horowitz, who was not involved in the study, he says, anything that increases blood flow will have a beneficial effect on brain function. It wouldn't surprise me if this is going to be a promising treatment, although whether it offers prevention is hard to say. Results in this study suggested that prevention might indeed be an outcome. In their analysis of insurance claims data for 7.23 million individuals, Chain's collaborators found that Sildenafil users were 69% less likely to develop Alzheimer's than non-Sildenafil users after six years of follow-up. And looking at Sildenafil in relation to other meds being explored as potential Alzheimer's treatments, the study authors discovered that Viagra Radio provided a 55% reduced risk of the disease compared with Losartan, which is a high blood pressure medication, 63%, compared with metformin, a diabetic medication, 65%, compared with diltiazem, which is high blood pressure, and 64% compared to glimeropide, which is a um, diabetes medication. Mm -hmm. Dr. Chang highlighted that sildenafil reduced the likelihood of Alzheimer's in individuals with coronary artery disease, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes, all of which are associated comorbidities with dementia, as well as in those without conditions. While the study established a link between the drug and preventing Alzheimer's, the authors stressed that this investigation did not prove that sildenafil actually offers protection or benefit in this regard. In separate disease patients, Chang and his collaborators found that sildenafil increased brain cell growth and decreased hyperphosphorylation of tau proteins, a process that leads to neurofibrillary tangles, which is the old way they used to describe those things that you used to see in the brain with Alzheimer's. These results gave scientists some biological insights. So Dr. Chang highlighted that sildenafil reduced the likelihood of Alzheimer's in individuals with coronary artery disease, hypertension, and type 2 diabetes, all of which are comorb comorbidities associated with the risk of dementia. While the study established a link between the drug and preventing Alzheimer's, the authors stressed that this investigation did not prove that sildenafil actually offers protection or benefit. 
and separate research examining brain cells from patients with Alzheimer's. Tang and his collaborators found that sildenafil increased brain cell growth and decreased hyperphosphorylation of tau protein, a process that leads to neurofibrillary tangles. As many as 5.8 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's, and the number of people older than 65 with the disease doubles every five years, according to the CDC. While the Alzheimer's Association lists treatments that may slow disease progress, there is no cure. More than ever, Alzheimer's research understands that a variety of approaches will be needed, most likely used in combination for effective treatment of disease, says Claire Sexton, the Director of Scientific Programs and Outreach for the Alzheimer's Association. Scientists are more extensively testing the potential benefits of drugs approved for other uses for the treatment of dementia. Repurposing existing drugs for new uses can speed up the research project and reviewed by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Lastly, Dr. Sexton also points out an advantage with repurposed drugs. Their potential side effects are already known, so it's not like we have to deal with the new drug. As the next step in their research, Chang and his colleagues are planning a randomized clinical trial to test causality and confirm Sildenafil's clinical benefits for Alzheimer's. So there you have it. All right, then. There we have it. So, who, so two, two reasons to use it. That's right. Who knew? <laughs> who knew? How come they always find this stuff for men? Mm, well, that's, a, that's another mm. episode. Mm. Who's benefiting? Who's benefiting? That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> and on that note. At that note, we will move forward. But here's we'll keep it moving. moving. So here's our third um, article, and it says U.S. faces crisis of burnout healthcare workers, and it was written in in the U.S. News. So continue on, D. Yeah. So I guess yeah, this is a good article for us because we talk about this all the time. And hospital leaders are are sounding the alarm. The pandemic has driven burnout among healthcare workers to crisis levels driving many stakeholders to cause for systemic solutions to retain critical personnel while preparing a new generation to take the field. In a recent webinar hosted by the U.S. News and World Report, top healthcare leaders detailed the serious threat that burnout presents to the resiliency of hospitals and health systems. Across the nation, frontline workers have been challenged by ever higher levels of stress, caused by systemic changes, care, delivery, and exacerbated by COVID-19. Before the pandemic, physicians were at twice the risk for burnout compared to the general population, and about 40% of those surveyed reported depression and suicidal ideation, said Dr. Victor Dazaw, president of the National Academy of Medicine. During the webinar, increases in patient volume, the demands of making health care more businesslike, the pressure of meeting more regulations and requirements and other factors have left providers feeling overwhelmed and much less time to spend one-on-one with patients, the panel noted. The situation has deteriorated further since the start of the pandemic, with some 60 to 75 percent of clinicians reporting symptoms of exhaustion, depression, sleep disorders, and PTSD. Dizoff said, while nurses are equally, if not more distressed, more stressed, about 20% of healthcare workers had quit during this time period, he said, and four out of five of those who remain 
say that short staff shortages have affected their ability to work safely and to satisfy patient needs. Recent estimates that burnout cost the healthcare system about $4.6 billion a year before the spread of COVID-19, Dizou said. Mm. And that number has surely risen. We know we're in trouble pre-COVID, said Dr. Redonda Miller, president of Johns Hopkins Hospital, noted hospital, noting that all while all segments of the workforce are stressed, the causes vary on the individual's role. For example, during the pandemic, physicians were working longer hours and in different capacities than they were used to, forcing them to spend more time away from their families. Nurses faced extended shifts, which could include working 24 hours a day in uncomfortable PPEs and worrying about being exposed to COVID. Many low-wage workers in food service, environmental care, and other jobs that face severe financial pressure as their partners have lost their jobs and they need child their needs for child care have increased solutions are needed that really hit every type of worker in the hospital underlying these on the ground stressors is moral injury noted dr robert cherry chief medical officer of ucla before the pandemic physicians were grappling with the concerns of an aging population higher incidence of chronic conditions like diabetes and mental illness, and managing medications and medical equipment for more complex health issues. Many also now face lower reimbursement while trying to contain the cost of care. Juggling these complex tasks is challenging, particularly when other staffing shortages are added, Cherry said. Now, as many Americans suggest that they have lost confidence in health professionals and scientists, Many physicians are reporting feeling isolated, lonely, and disconnected to their beliefs and their value of their work, another contributor to burnout. Nowhere do these dynamics show up so starkly as in the ballooning nursing shortage. The nation will need an additional 1.2 million nurses by next year to meet the growing demand of their services and to replace those leaving, said Dr. Ernest Grant, president of the American Nurses Association. The problem is so acute that Grant recently wrote to U.S. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra asking him to declare the nursing shortage a national crisis and calling for federal health. This is something we can't solve on our own, Grant said during the webinar. The zoo stressed the need for healthcare work, healthcare leaders to focus on the long game in dealing with this crisis now and well after the pandemic is over. All health systems need to invest in preventive strategies and making system-level change, he said. He also called for hospitals and health systems to create chief wellness officers to oversee the well-being of all hospital staffers and to reduce demands on physicians, such as dealing with difficult technology, especially electronic records. Ugh. I know. Um, <laughs> and electronic records so that they can focus on caring for patients. He emphasized that these frontline workers must feel safe in speaking out about their mental well-being without fear of being stigmatized. Miller said that within hospitals and health systems, working collaboratively has been crucial during the pandemic to fend off burnout. Asking staff what they needed was so important to learn what was working and what was not. Some of the best ideas we heard came, from inter came internally. For example, workers were concerned about using PPE correctly and safely, 
vocation safety officers and infection control experts trained staff and acted as hall monitors to ensure better infection control. This was wildly successful. Mm, okay. Also, the hospital developed a prone team of experts who could help turn patients on ventilators safely on their stomach where outcomes were better. An added benefit of collaboration was better morale. Staff want to know that their voice is being heard. There was a campaign called Your Ideas at Work. Help hospital personnel contribute suggestions and be celebrated for those that were implemented. That helped ameliorate some feelings of burnout, Miller said. It's not the sole answer, I know, but it helped. Terry agreed that it is critical for staff to have their voices heard, for example, by following the magnet model of nursing management, which more directly values nurses' contributions. Paying attention to physician surveys is also critical, as is addressing specific comments from doctors. Local decision-making is where you get some of the exponential returns. Grant, as president of the ANA mm. and himself a nurse, further supported the magnet concept and for nurses to be recognized more generally as drivers of the change. On the macro level, well-being should be part of a strategic plan, not a reactive response, he said, with money and ways of measuring it committed to that plan. Grant recommended having C-suite executives go to the floors. Yeah, wouldn't that be a change? Mm. C-suite executives go to the floors and visit workers to accept. I believe in this. Okay. And work workers to accept. Let's see the CEO come down and walk around the hall mm. to visit workers to assess problem areas. He also suggested state interviews, asking people why they remain at the workplace and what what has them thinking about leaving. It's a great way to really show that person that I value what you say have to say. You're a part of the family. Grant also touted free resources like the ANA's Healthy Nurse Healthy Nation program for financially strapped institutions looking for ways to address nurse staffing well-being. The panelists acknowledge that leaders are feeling high levels of stress. Terry noted the need to be available 24-7 with no time to disconnect. He said that health systems need to be aware of that and become more purposeful in supporting leadership. The good news, Cherry said, was that during the pandemic, the communication between everyone has improved greatly. We figured out how to get the messages out, to terms of the informa- out in terms of the information that people need every day to get their work done. That has helped staff feel more confident in leadership he said, and in turn, we feel rewarded and inspired as well because people are feeling more anchored to us as well. So there is a silver lining. Miller added that leaders need to focus on two things, presence and positivity. Presence is more than just walking the halls, shaking babies and kissing babies and shaking hands. <laughs> That's what I say. Her leadership group actually worked food lines. That's what I'm talking about. And okay. staff was transport patients. Get in there. Put your tennis shoes on. Put your scrubs on. Okay. Let us see you come down, going in those COVID rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see you go in those COVID rooms mm-hmm. and take a tray. Mm-hmm. You're just as capable of taking a tray. I digress. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Despite the relentless 
challenges at the end of the day, the leader has to be the one that shows the way forward and has some element of positivity that we will get through this. Dazu agreed, while stressing the need for leaders to work together nationally to push for systemic change, for example, pressing electronic health records vendors to create better products, only your voice is so strong to make these system-level changes, he said to his fellow patients. Dazu also referred to an op-ed he wrote early this year in the Los Angeles Times in which he called for a nationwide strategy to address, track, and measure health care burnout and to support workers experiencing it. He suggested that Congress should play a role similar to that after the 9-11 attacks by providing long-term support for frontline health care workers. Our people deserve the same. Without a long-term national commitment, the industry will continue fighting the war, foxhole by foxhole. The panelists touched on other factors contributing to health care stress. Insurance coverage, denials, barriers to entry into the health care system, such as lengthy and costly training, debt, technology, workflows, and others. They all agreed with Grant's observation that the next pandemic it is. It's right around the corner. And mm-hmm. if we don't make corrections now, we're bound to repeat the same mistakes. He noted an ANA survey of about 10,000 nurses that revealed about 25 responders said they plan to leave their job in six months. And another 30% said they're thinking about leaving because of work stress. There's not going to be any health or health care system if it continues. It's going to implode upon itself. And then where are we? Mm. The care that patients expect is not going to be there. Dazu closed the session by renewing his call to arms to his fellow leaders to bring their authoritarian voices to bear to collectively drive the changes needed to restore the resiliency of the health care system at every level. The moment is now because the public is seeing this. The public knows this is a problem. This is not the first stressful time in health care by any means, Dazu noted, expressing his confidence that the challenges can be overcome. Let's just look at the long game. Let's come together and solve the problem. This was an yes. excellent article. Yes. This was an, please share that with your honey sweet. This I was will. an excellent article. Yes. Because I'm sure he and I can relate to that leadership thing. And I mean... That's a big thing with me, to sit in your ivory tower and not come down and be in the trenches with everybody else. We need to see that. It's morale building mm-hmm. for you to put on your PPE and go into a COVID room and take a trade. Mm. You, you know, your life is no better than mine. Yes. So these are the kinds of things that they're right. You, you've got leadership starts at the top. Mm. That's it. Leadership starts at the top. There it, it is. The there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a definitely great article, and I'm glad that you, you know. Too. I am too. It was get it definitely us. good. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and so we're in with something quick. I want to admonish all of you guys to, yes, this is the end of the year. We got some health tips for controlling your weight. And as you know, research has shown over and over again 
that being overweight or obese can lead to serious health problems and complications. And so in ending this year and starting the new year, let us make and renew our commitment to doing the healthy lifestyle habits that will promote healthy living and will help us to lose weight and maintain a healthy weight. And so I want you guys to go on vikidofitness.com and check out the article, Five Ways to Supercharge Your Fat Burn and Lose Weight. It's written by one of our health experts, Gabe Sanders. But I'm going to go to the very end of the article and end with this. Five critical. We know that we need to be in a fat burning state, right? So that we can we can lose weight and maintain our weight. We don't want to be story, um, storing um, excessive fat. So we have to supercharge our fat burning mechanism. So to supercharge your fat burn, you add these critical lifestyle changes because it does take healthy lifestyle habits. So add these five critical lifestyle changes to your um, daily regimen. All right. Number one, do moderate intensity exercise on most days of the week. So what's moderate intensity? That's walking, you know, doing some brisk walking, doing maybe on the bike, do some low impact, moderate intensity on your bike. This is moderate intensity exercise on most day, days of the week. Number two, engage in intermittent um, high intensity exercise at least three days of the week. So what does that mean? You all heard of HIT. Um, that's high intensity interval training at least three days a week. So if you're if you're walking on the treadmill or you're walking outside on the track or what have you, you can walk and then walk very fast. Okay, interval training. You can get on your bike. Do uh, moderate intensity speeds, you know, maybe 65, I used to say 65 to 75 on your bike, and then kick it up to where it's, it's 90. <laughs> Number three, avoid overeating carbohydrates, especially highly processed carbs. And we don't even have to talk about what that is. We know all that bread and all of that, we got to avoid that, overeating that. Number four, drink white tea. I always drink teas and yellow tea. This is called oolong tea. Yes, drink that uh, more consistently. And then last but not least, number five, drink plenty of water each day. And if you just grab on these few simple um, lifestyle habits, you can definitely see a change. And I want you to start now so that by the beginning of the year, we'll be rolling into these five critical lifestyle changes. So what do you say to that, Dee? I think it sounds absolutely fantastic. Good tips to start getting your head wrapped around changing, making some changes. Yes, yes, yes. And so, Dee, this ends our show. Do you have some tips that we should think about? Well, I think those last tips were great as we enter into the grazing session yes. <laughs> of the holidays. Yes. We've got to start thinking about right now. You start thinking about healthy lifestyles and what we can do to start baby steps, at least baby steps, 
to start to not have so much damage at the end. So I thought that was great from our friend Dr. Gay. So you know, just to start getting your head wrapped around new lifestyles, your healthy lifestyle for the beginning of the year. You know, we all start out with lofty plans, but you know, again, looking at these, I think these are great mm-hmm. and doable, and yes. not out of the range of you know want, trying to do too much too fast, which is fraught with failure. Yes. Uh, but the other thing I think was important, as I said, I was just all over this article about burnout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, remember that our healthcare workers and and uh, whether they're physicians or nurses or respiratory therapists or whoever. You know, everybody's going through uh, some trials and tribulations right now. And then again, I still want to end on get your damn vaccine. Yes. Get vaccinated. Yes. Get vaccinated. If you've had your two and if it's time for you to get your booster, get boosted, get your kids vaccinated. We've now approved from 5 to 11, 11, 11 to 16 or 17. So almost all kids now down to five are eligible for vaccinations, at least for vaccination. So get your vaccines. Get your vaccines. There it is. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>